The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Are you staying off, staying off of video, Chris? I don't have my makeup on. Oh. <laughs> Come on, dude. Show your face. <laughs> I know it's an hour earlier than normal, but still. How do you work this thing? Uh, yeah, thank you for <laughs> thank you Broadcasting from her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Phillipson. Inflammation is a bit of a nebulous term that seems to get thrown around in relation to a whole bunch of health concerns. And really, isn't it just what happens when you walk into the open bottom drawer in the kitchen or you think you can get between the chair and the desk, but you end up just, I don't know, whacking your leg or something like that? We know that that sore, that hot, that red, and that swollen bump that comes from any injury, well, it hurts, right? You're right in putting two and two together, thinking that the pain from a sore throat, stuffy nose, a cut or a wound, or even just a sore tooth, because we talked about that in last week's episode about your mouth, mouth, mouth health. See, let me put my teeth back in and I'll be able to even speak with my mouth. Well, that's actually called acute inflammation. And we feel it. You see it, you know that it's there. This slightly vague term of inflammation gets talked about as the core or the foundation of all disease. And that might actually make you wonder if, well, I don't know, does my heart have a boo-boo going on or something because it has something to do with heart disease? So let's clarify what's called chronic inflammation. That sounds serious. And it as the foundation at the core of all disease, like heart disease, that includes your cholesterol levels, your blood pressure, your blocked arteries, your stroke and your heart attack. Yikes. Then there's cancer. Inflammation is talked about with cancer all the time. Obesity, diabetes, and how does that have to do with inflammation? There's also arthritis, asthma, eczema, any skin issue, including psoriasis, rashes, acne. Then there's also the autoimmune diseases like Crohn's, colitis, um, even the arthritis type things. But of course, Crohn's and colitis, those involve your immune system mistakenly attacking healthy tissue in your gut. Less known issues include depression and mental health issues. Yeah, that was definitely a newer one that I didn't necessarily completely understand until more recently. So let's put it this way. That heat that you feel when you whack your leg and you get that big bruise, it's like a constant fire. And what's going on internally is not dissimilar. It's just that you don't necessarily feel it or see it. So that chronic inflammation is something that I believe is a huge conversation that we really need to keep on having. Because if you can believe it, it's actually your body's process. Your body is trying to protect and heal itself. 
This is such a broad topic that needs a lot more attention than it receives. Well, in my opinion, anyway. So today on Eat This with Leanne, what is inflammation? What's it doing to you and what can you do about it? And I've actually asked a very clever nutrition colleague to join me in this conversation too. Inflammation can be called a silent killer because it's unlike that bruise on your leg. You don't feel the inflammation that's causing your high blood pressure, your cancer cells to replicate because you don't see it or you don't feel it on the outside. And when was the last time that you did a check-in with your doctor asking for a blood test to check in your C-reactive protein or CRP as it's also called? Now that's a marker for inflammation that shows up in your blood and it's going to indicate whether chronic inflammation might be wreaking havoc in your body and the cause of, I don't know what, from any symptoms that you might be having. And even like something kind of subtle like tiredness can be down to inflammation. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm tired because I just had a crappy night's sleep last night. Was it from that? Or is it the inflammation that caused the crappy night's sleep? Like it's the healthy version of the chicken and the egg situation. Because if you've got something going on, you're not sure if it's because of an injury, let's say, that hangs around for a really long time. Well, you know that from that point onwards, that's where the problem came from. But if you're just kind of used to the aches, the pains, the crappy sleep, the up and down mood, you may not have a point at which you think, I know that's when it started. So I've got a list of cues that I'm going to share with you after we first speak with my very clever colleague who has written books all about inflammation or more specifically anti-inflammatory diets and has really focused on this topic, not only in her practice, but everything that she does. So first, let's see what gems Julie Daniluk has to share with us, and I'll share the clues after that. My guest today is a fellow nutritionist and TV personality. She's also an award-winning and best-selling author. Her books, Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal, are available pretty much anywhere. Her third book, Hot Detox, was on the Canadian bestseller list for 11 weeks in 2017. Go, Julie! And she has a new book coming out in the fall. So thank you so much, Julie, for coming on Eat This with Leanne. It's a pleasure to, I get to see you in my Zoom um, Zoom screen because it's been such a long time since we've seen each other, not only because of COVID. I, I will never forget us, us clinking lemonade glasses at the beautiful farmer's market and how <laughs> fabulous that experience is. I'm just holding on to that. Aren't we excited to get back to real food outside and beautiful? I know. I know. So. I still go to the market every week, but I know, do you just do it in the summertime? Yeah. It's just yeah. a summer market for us. Cool. So I can't wait. We're so close. I know. I know. We're so close. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a, a nutritionist with a real focus on anti-inflammatory nutrition because I nearly died of food poisoning and uh, it causes it, it actually caused reactive arthritis wow. and colitis and bursitis in my right hip that made me walk like a 60 year old when I was only 30. Whoa. So I was so crippled at one point in my life that I decided I had to give everything it was I could possibly give to heal. And when I figured it out, I turned it into my bestseller called Meals That Heal Inflammation. And that's why I just want to pay it forward now that I feel good. 
So when most people think about inflammation, they think of like that bump or that bruise and that kind of thing. In your experience, there are other diseases and symptoms that listeners may not know as much about that stem from inflammation. Can you share some of uh, some of your experience with that? Yeah. So inflammation is the body's emergency healing response. And there's many different causes underlying inflammation. So inflammation is really just those five symptoms that we get, the redness, the heat, the swelling, the um, pain, and then the loss of function. And that last one people forget about. So when you're losing your memory, it's often neuroinflammation. If you're losing your flexibility, it's often inflammation in your tendons and ligaments. So it's really important for us to start to look at those symptoms, crawl underneath them and say, what caused this in the first place? Because there's four actual causes of inflammation. And I like to call them the four eyes of inflammation because they all start with the letter I. And those are injury, of course. You think, you know, if you've ever had a football injury, Chris, or if you've ever had any sort of like serious <laughs> problem with um, having an, a car accident, for example, injury is a big one. Then number two is infection. That's what almost took me out. So right. having that deep level of um, gut infection causes this huge cascade of inflammation through your whole body. Right. And then, of course, you've got imbalance, which is actually often caused by a nutritional deficiency. So a nutritional imbalance, say you're missing vitamin D. Now we see how that can cause a massive cascade of inflammation. Uh, We really are like worried about "Hmm, everyone needs to bring up their vitamin D status, for example. And that can also throw off your hormones. So hormonal imbalances, a lot of women notice they have inflammation. Unfortunately, women over the age of 50 suffer from way more inflammation than men. There's a real great divide there. So we really want to balance those hormones. And then the last but not least is if you have any sort uh, of irritation caused by food allergies or toxins. So any sort of, of irritation because you accidentally ingested lead or mercury from fish or say you had a little bit of really bad um, air pollution and you've been breathing a lot of it in, all those things will cause inflammation at the source. So now we realize if we detoxify you, if we address our injuries correctly and rehabilitate them, if we eat beautifully to change our chemistry and solve nutritional deficiencies and hormonal imbalances, boom, we can solve inflammation. So there's the, the chrysalis of my book. So your experience, obviously, of healing yourself is sounds absolutely epic, like to be able to go through all of that and just from food poisoning. Are there any other people that you've worked with or people that you're aware of that have a similar story, maybe that's not so gut related that you could share with listeners so they can maybe put themselves into that situation? Absolutely. So I have a wonderful client by the name of Yvette who had profound inflammation in her back so badly she could barely walk. And she unfortunately was so still for a long time that she had gained a great deal of weight. And we started working together. And within six months, we cut her inflammation markers called C-reactive protein by 75%. She lost 55 pounds and her back pain completely disappeared. So when people are out there and they think, oh, you know, this stuff 
seems too too good and i i'm sorry i need hardcore drugs i just want i want people to allow for the possibility that food can be this healing and especially when you bring together what i like to call the trifecta of healing where we address food fitness and feelings mm-hmm. so we address the emotional pains in our life the physical pains the actual injuries and then the food boom yeah. we have an amazing healing capacity that's very, very cool. Now you mentioned the C-reactive protein, which I did mm-hmm. off the top as well. So what's the, when someone goes to have a blood test, what are the markers? What are the, or what are the numbers? I should say the C-reactive protein is the marker. What are the numbers? If someone said, I'm going to go and have a blood test, what are they looking for? That's, that's a good number not to have. Or <laughs> to have. Sure. You want to uh, ideally have a CRP of 0.2 all the way to 1.5 is kind of standard. Anything above that, we're starting to see inflammation. Anything above five, they're going to start to worry that your chance of having cardiovascular disease is profoundly elevated. Anything above 10, and we're normally facing down a very profound autoimmune disorder. Now, I'm not going to lie, when I get people, because I get some really tough cases, I often see people with a CRP of 22 Like people so inflamed that they feel like they can barely move. And that's why we see such a decrease in CRP because we can get it down 75% when someone's so inflamed from head to toe that they're feeling everything from headaches, you know, pain throughout their spine. They're feeling knee pain. They're feeling gut aches. They're feeling unbelievable hormonal imbalance. So the good news is is when we eat anti-inflammatory, we calm down not only CRP, but we also have other inflammation markers like ESR, which actually measures the sedimentation rate of your blood. We actually see our blood sugar balance so profoundly when we eat anti-inflammatory that we see a real shift. Wow. What was your CRP at? Do you remember when you uh, experienced the food poisoning? Do you remember what uh, the levels were? Did you know, I unfortunately didn't know what CRP was and I I didn't have that test available. And they often don't measure CRP on a very young person because I was only uh, 30 when I contracted this. But I can say that from the symptoms, it was so outrageous that when I did finally get my CRP tested through uh, when I actually healed completely, my CRP is now 0.2. Oh, so that's the CRP of a newborn baby. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So so were you a nutritionist before the uh, incident with the food? I actually had just graduated, but I hadn't really changed all my eating habits over. I was still binging on a lot of corn and gluten and sugar, especially when I was traveling. So I went to Thailand and was like living on street food, on pad thai from like the local bar, nice. <laughs> of course. And that's when I knew. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what I really got sick. It was when I was on a beach, and they didn't refrigerate the shellfish correctly, and it was some bad shrimp that nearly did me in. <laughs> wow, I you know I that actually was, had a that was my nickname similar in college. Experience. Bad bad what? shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience in Bali where Mm. we had fish off of a boat, but I actually think that I got E. coli from the yogurt that I had from a little odd place. And I was sick for well over a month. I'm not even sure how I made it from Bali back to England. This is when I was still living in England. And I was, I pretty much went from 
I guess, from Bali to Amsterdam on the floor of the bathroom in on the plane. Yes. It's terrifying, isn't it? It was so bad. To just feel so out of control, like to have liquids leaving every orifice of your body. It was, yeah, it was insane. I couldn't keep fluid in and that's why I nearly died because by the time I, I... realized how serious it was. I actually was temporarily paralyzed. I couldn't use my legs. I couldn't stand up straight. So someone had to carry me to a nursing station because it wasn't a hospital. I was in Kofengyang. It was a very tiny island. They had to actually carry me uh, and pump me full of antibiotics to save my life because my fever was spiking. When you lose all your fluids, your body does one last ditch effort. And it was like 104. And that's when they're like, oh my gosh, I was delirious. I was like fighting off the needle because I thought, oh, I can't have what I'm in a foreign country. You're going to kill me with that, you know? So I'm so glad that um, somebody really had the wherewithal to hold me down. And I, uh, when I got home, I just had to repair the damage. So that's, that's what they call reactive arthritis is where they know it's an infectious route. So it took years to repair the gut lining and totally kick out all those negative critters. And then I ended up having just a remarkable healing. But it did take me saying it was a dark night of the soul where I was not breaking up with sugar because I was really addicted. And I had to rock myself in a hot bath and say, okay, and psych myself up and say, this is it. Like, I can't do this anymore. And right. I woke up the next day writing down every single food I knew would be healthy and healing, and then created that red list of foods that I had to get off of. And I haven't looked back, you know, because it's not worth it. The pain is not worth it. Most people don't understand what it life is like without that pain. So to them, the pain isn't as excruciating as what, you know, if, if they suddenly realized what life was like without the inflammation, then they would suddenly realize, wow, why was I living that way all those years? Right. So great. You mentioned that because how many people have said to me, you know, I'm scared to go off gluten because then I'll become more sensitive to it. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Your body will just give you direct feedback that you've been completely ignoring. So when your sinuses clear up and your gut stops hurting, then when you eat it again, your body will go, what the heck are you doing? Where it often gets beaten down. It's the same as when we stop smoking. I don't know if you've heard, but like initially your body coughs up a bunch of stuff and then you become hypersensitive. So I think that's why uh, people think it's harder to go gluten-free when in fact, in my experience, once you're free of that pain and you feel nothing tastes as good as healthy feels, nothing. You just want to eat healthy. You're so motivated to. It makes a massive, massive difference. Wait a minute, if that's not a bumper sticker, I, I'm claiming that. That's great. Uh, what did you <laughs> there we go. What did you just say? Uh, nothing nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Feels, yes. Yeah, that's that's my new tagline for sure. Phenomenal, that's great. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So you just talked about a list. So can you share with us some of those foods that are, say, on the red list that you especially took off? Or obviously, listeners can can grab your book. We'll talk about that after. And I'll have all the information to get in touch with Julia and her books in the show notes on leannephillipson.com as well. But what are those what are those foods that people need to start maybe writing down and seeing what is it that how much do I consume these actual foods? How much are these hurting me? 
Leanne, that's perfect. I just encourage everyone to start a food journal because you can be your own food detective and figure yep. it out for yourself because everyone has different foods. Like for example, my list is very much white sugar, flour, grains in particular. My gut doesn't break them down very well. And then corn is another big one. Uh, and soy is really harsh. So, so there's that really big list. But interestingly enough, my husband got the genetic like pro card that he can handle dairy where I cannot handle dairy. He mm -hmm. can also handle some grain, but he's profoundly intolerant to shellfish. So if he has crab, his whole face lights up like a red, like a red lobster. Right. And that's where we have to say, everyone will have a slightly different list. I believe that there's 8 billion diets for 8 billion people. There's nothing like ironclad, but we know that there's certain foods that are highly allergic and that's yeah. the list we want to check. So if it's on high on the allergy list, we want to take it off temporarily and then put it back in. So we just want to do an elimination phase. We're not taking it out forever. We're just checking if it's your big trigger food. And in that list, what may surprise people is that you may be sensitive to potatoes because potatoes are high in a toxin called solanine. And that's why it's interesting that nightshades in the medieval period, they really thought were quite poisonous, like tomatoes were like never eaten in a certain phase of, mm. of human, um, of, of gastronomy education. We realized hmm, maybe they were onto something and uh, not to say that it's bad for everybody, but certain people, about one in 10 arthritis sufferers actually are triggered by nightshade alkaloids. So we just want to check if that's one of your trigger foods. So that's why my book is one of the first unique books that, that actually don't have any nightshades, any um, gluten, sugar, dairy, soy, wheat, yeah. any of those big baddies are gone. And that makes mm -hmm. a huge difference so that you can cook out of one book. Because how many books do you pick up? And it's like, oh, it might be sugar-free, but it has dairy. Yeah. Or it might be dairy-free, but then there's lots of potato starch. So it's nice to have you know, really one phase of your life where you just take a break. Hey, it's just eight weeks. You won't, you won't die in that time of missing out on anything. And then once you put those foods back in, in, um, in an actual trial and you test one food per week, you never have pizza because that is all your potential allergens in <laughs> <It> one. <does. laughs> you want to just yes. test one. Okay. So keep the food diary, write down the foods that you're eating. I recommend that as a first stop for anyone, any client that I'm working with, that's a non-negotiable. They got to write it all down and it doesn't matter where they're starting because that's just where you're at. And then from there, that's where you can start to make those changes. So your suggestion is to take take those foods out of your diet for a week. Now, I'm just going to say, I would recommend that anyone does this with someone's help, like you or I, or nutritionist or naturopath, because sometimes you might miss one or two foods and then you're quite motivated in the beginning of starting something where you think, oh my gosh, if I could just get rid of whatever this symptom is, then if you think, oh no, I missed one out after eight weeks, you're not going to love going back again and just saying, okay, now I got to do it again. So it's good to just go into it and really make those changes. And thank you for putting out a book that has all the foods that you can actually eat. So that's incredible. Tell us some of the foods that you can eat. Yeah, I really want to really focus on profoundly anti-inflammatory foods. So what, what do we have science on? Science uh, really says that omega-3 found in fish and algae that's pre-converted is one of the sources 
of omega-3 that makes a huge difference, works as strong as a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug or otherwise known as an NSAID for reducing that pain and inflammation. So highly recommend the little tiny fish, the herring, the sardines, the the anchovies, those little guys that provide something called eicosapentaenoic acid or EPA for short. And EPA is the type of omega-3 that works beautifully. And if you're a vegetarian, then you really need to get some algae oil that's pre-converted. So there's a couple algaes that do make EPA and DHA, which is much stronger than fix of flax, chia, hemp. All those seed oils, as healthy as they are, are not pre-converted. And you only convert about 8% over to EPA, DHA. Yeah. So if you're missing critical nutrition, if you're missing any B6 or magnesium, if you're actually a poor converter because you're inflamed already, or you have a high omega-6 diet, you're actually really at a deficit. So I'd love everybody to focus on those pre-converted ones. Then do consider some dark colored medicinal mushrooms like shiitake. Mm -hmm. Shiitake are incredible because they taste delicious. They're meaty and they have wonderful amounts of polyphenols which are so good for you, profoundly good for fighting inflammation. But they also have beta-glucans that help to balance your immune system which I absolutely love. And I hope you don't mind. That's my puppy in the background, if you can hear him. <laughs> All good. He's, he's chiming in. He seems to yeah. disagree with the shiitake mushroom. <laughs> right? He's got, he's got something else to say. Other, other he's going to have to have some in his meals, I think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just a reminder that dark colored mushrooms have vitamin D, but white mushrooms have none because they're grown in the dark. And mushrooms, just like human beings, manufacture their vitamin D in sunlight. So that's why you've got to pick a cremini over a white button mushroom. Even if you want to go cheap at the grocery store and just get conventional mushrooms, always make sure that they are the cremini variety or say the portobello variety instead of just a white button mushroom. Sounds like white bread versus, versus <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, or white rice versus brown rice. That's, a, yeah, that's an it. incredible tip. I did not know that. That's very cool. Cool. Now, I know that you have your uh, your philosophy is is what you call live it rather than die it. I thought that was really cool on your website when I was uh, when I was checking out what you'd been up to lately. Is that something like, are people really catching on to that? They're like, yeah, man, I just want to live. I don't want to, I mean, obviously we don't want to die, but the <laughs> di- diet, you know, the play on the words there is really cool. Well, the reason why I started that is because I felt like I was in food prison when I was trying initially to, to break up with sugar, because right. I think the reason why I was still a closet sugar eater uh, when I went away to Thailand is because when you first become a nutritionist, you you kind of put yourself in a bit of a diet box because we're taught a lot of variety. We actually taught a huge variety of different diets. So I would go on this really strict diet and follow a menu plan and get all rigid. Yeah. And then I felt like I was in prison and I had to break out. I was like, you know, finding the exit and what was I going to binge on? And finally I'd break free. And that just caused the severe yo-yoing and terrible gut aches from binging. Like I could polish off 3000 calories at a sitting. So when I broke free of that, I was like, never again. And that's where I started to say, we've got to live it, not diet. And that means no menu plans, no harsh caloric restriction. We have to do this gradually, gently, organically, and embrace what works for our body. Because I believe that there, there is that, that 8 billion menus for people. And if you 
force something on someone, it'll only last like max 20 days before they're breaking free, right? So this philosophy is so gentle that it becomes part of you and it becomes your new habit. And that's when it sticks. I recommend exactly the same thing. If it's not going to fit in your lifestyle, there's a certain period of time where people are willing to make changes, ditch the coffee, ditch the bread, ditch something like that. And they will feel better, but the habits have to stick. You have to experience how good you can feel. And like you said before, with your bumper sticker phrase, it's like, you got to be able to, you got, you, you have to be able to subscribe to that. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to eat sugar ever again. It just depends on what's the cost. What is it, it depends on, I love that because it really measures the fact that we need to eat as a prescription. We're eating as a goal. Yeah. Like what's your goal? If yeah. your goal is to keep rheumatoid arthritis at bay, because you've been diagnosed with that you'll be really motivated to stay off profoundly inflammatory foods. But if you're like a, an amazing athlete and, and you are in an elite health already, then sure, you can, you can probably fuel yourself with a little more fun food. So it really does depend on how much cushion do you have? How is your gut health? All those things factor into your own personal limit. Yeah. And definitely after a period of time of being more focused on something like this and getting the relief, then yeah, I always have clients who fall off the wagon and they say, oh yeah, this cropped back up again, or I didn't have a very good sleep or I was actually feeling really down, like their mood is affected. I think that's something that people don't realize that inflammation not only, as I said off the top, again, is is sort of those aches, those pains and all of that kind of stuff, but also it really can affect your mental health as well. And I think that's part of a conversation, a bigger conversation that needs to happen. And thank you, Julie, for putting everything that you, uh, you know, put out there. So can you tell us where everyone can find more about you? I will put the information in the show notes too, but uh, where they can grab one of your fantastic three books that you've got and then eventually and and in the fall you've got a new one coming out too yeah I'm excited about my fourth book because it's called becoming sugar-free so hopefully we'll maybe do an episode on that when it comes out because definitely it's it's a a fun ride for sure um you can find me just at my name julie daniluk d-a-n-i-l-u-k but i also have a really easy website because my name's not so easy so it's just hotdetox.com if you want to head there Perfect. Um, and i just love uh connecting with you guys it's been really fun and easy and thank, thank you so you. much for doing that thank you for creating the the actual sandbox for us all to play in like it's so important <laughs> yeah. what you guys are up to thank you julie <laughs> and it's so so great to see you too i love that julie put it into terms that i would understand Right. <laughs> Let's go back to the kindergarten in the sandbox. I know exactly what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. The food sandbox. That's us. Yeah. We should, perhaps we should rename it from eat this. I, I see. I was always told never to eat my ice cream in the sandbox because it would get. Hurt. Oh, that would, <laughs> that would go so badly. Oh, it's like crunchy, but not the good kind of crunch from the pecans, right? <laughs> Well, you keep putting up the fight there, Julie, because as it, it's I, it, the one thing I've understood about people like yourself and people like Leanne is that as much as it's a physical warfare you guys are waging, it's a it's a it's a 
a mental warfare, right? It's a psychological warfare that you're fighting as well uh, because we're human. And the one thing about humans that you cannot control is that big old brain of ours. And you can make the body as beautiful as, it, as you want it to be. But if the brain isn't all along for the ride, that's what makes it extremely difficult. So for you guys to convince people and show them and prove to them that this is the way to go uh, is, is a war that I know I don't have the power to wage. But thankfully, there are people like you out there that do it for us. Well, thank you. Oh, thanks, Julie. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Eat This with Leanne podcast. Now more with Leanne Philipson. What a story that Julie shared with us. And I want to like, did that just give you a whole bunch of ideas, Chris? Like, did you think of all the situations that you've maybe have ever had in like what I almost call a never well since situation? Are, are you kidding? My whole life is a never well since. I mean, the, <laughs> she started going down the list of food you shouldn't eat. And she went into the whole nightshade thing about the potatoes. And I'm thinking, oh, no, not I'm, another one. I'm going to be inflammatory the rest of my life because I, there's no chance I'm giving up potatoes. <laughs> right. But I, I, listen, yep. I, I'm one of those guys that, uh, you know, we kind of come from a generation of we don't complain, right? We we tend not to complain about our aches and pains. We just yeah. don't, right? That's not what we yeah. do. And so we just, yeah, you get up in the morning, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't feel right, but I'll be fine. Go down, get a cup of coffee, maybe walk it off, right? That's well, right. That's our generation. That was our parents' generation as well. Totally. And, and so am I full of inflammation? Probably. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm nowhere near where Julie was with the food poisoning and the almost dying thing. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, And thank goodness uh, they were able to, uh, uh, you know, treat her because she's uh, she's quite the little spark plug. And and we need warriors like that these days. Yeah, we definitely do. Now, can you believe that the body actually knows what to do in how to heal itself? And what we need to give it is what it needs to do that. And if you haven't heard me say this before, the one thing that I know that we can control, even if it's not the aches or the pains or whatever, it's what we put in our mouth. This thing called a diet or the live it, as as Julie has now coined, which I think is super cute. It's actually within our control. It's within our power to make a difference, even though you really don't want to do it and you don't feel like it. So I just, you know, it's like that, like you said, Chris, it's that back and forth with your brain. Should I, shouldn't I, should I like you, you just sort of try and have this. Well, unfortunately we have this tug of war of, Oh, but it's so good. And you know, I'll be just fine. But quite often, like Julie had a situation where, where she felt the need to, to make a change. My 90 year old dad, who two weeks ago had a heart attack one of the first things he said to me as I talked to him while he was in the hospital is, I think I need to do something differently with my food. Yeah. And that's a right? hard, and oftentimes we don't learn until it's a real harsh lesson. That's right. That's, that's, that's the right. human condition, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to steer you away from getting to that place, I promised you some clues about what your body might be trying to tell you right now. Okay. So this list was written by a naturopath, Kellyanne Petrucci, uh, on an article on Mind Body Green. I get their information and this really struck me. Uh, she speaks from her experience. So this is really, I'm going to ad lib, but this is really where she is coming from. So the first one is, is if you have a spare tire around your waist, the fat 
cells in your abdomen churn out inflammatory chemicals. And the more belly fat you have, the more of these chemicals that they create. In fact, she goes on to say, the cardiovascular medicine expert, Peter Libby, MD, calls belly fat a hotbed of inflammation. So that's the first place to look. Number two is if you've got high blood glucose levels. How are you going to know that unless you go and have a blood test or your doctor says that? Basically, if by about three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe even two, you want to like crawl into your desk if you're at work or you just need a nap, you're basically your energy levels are up and down and up and down. So the high blood sugar that increases the number of inflammatory cytokines circulating in the blood, that the cytokines is really a, a protein that we're talking about. And that's actually been a lot of the discussion that has been talked about the, the inflammation cytokine or a cytokine storm, especially to do with COVID and the acuteness of what some people suffer with and what other people don't. So it's still part of the same thing, but this is talking about from the blood sugar balance. It also increases your level of what's, what's called destructive molecules and advanced glycation or AGEs. Those are also pro-inflammatory. That's getting into more expert looking into your blood tests there. Now, if you've got digestive issues like gas, diarrhea, bloating, or constipation, this can stem from sick, inflamed, or overpermeable gut, which is also known as a leaky gut situation. And what happens there with these microscopic holes in like the hosepipe of intestines, that's what I call it, they allow toxins to escape into your bloodstream. And then, of course, you're in your blood is like, whoa, I'm, what's this doing in here? I'm going to cause a body-wide inflammation because I got to hold on to it and I don't want this in my blood. So again, these are really natural things that your body is trying to do. Your body's not trying to give you a heart attack. Your body's not trying to give you pain. It's just trying to really to heal you and keep you safe. Now, if you're tired all the time, inflamed cells are really sick cells. They can't produce energy. They can't make that where you just want to go for a run or you want to get up and you want to just, you just feel good, feel refreshed and maybe even invigorated. How lovely is that as a feeling? So as a result, you feel fatigued even when you first get out of bed and think, as you quite rightly said, Chris, oh, I just need my coffee. My coffee's going to give me that boost to kind of get going. And if you do that, then normally by the afternoon, you're completely exhausted. Now, what if you've got some skin problems like eczema or even psoriasis? Your skin might be a bit red, a bit blotchy. We talked about acne in one of the recent episodes as well. You can head back there to get more information on that. Now, this can be an external sign of fire, that redness, that inflammation, the pimples and all of those kind of things, or even just that itchy red ash, that red rash that you've got going on. Now, this is a huge, there's a really powerful link actually between psoriasis and inflammatory conditions, um, including diabetes and cardi cardiovascular disease. Now it's just about springtime around where we are. So if you've got allergies where your eyeballs are itching and oh my gosh, you just want to just keep on rubbing them because it hurts, but it also feels good at the same time. And that runny nose and the sneezes and all of that, well, that absolutely comes down to chronic inflammation. What if in the morning when you wake up, your face is puffy and you've got bags under your eyes? Yes, that's another sign of internal inflammation. Gum disease, talked about this again in the, uh, in the mouth episode, another outward cue of internal inflammation. And then, like I said, 
everything that's going on in your mind or your mental health, depression, anxiety, suffering even from brain fog, that inflammation can affect your brain chemistry, causing changes in how you think and how you feel. And last but certainly not least, very specifically for the gents who are listening to this, erectile dysfunction, chronic inflammation could be a cause of that problem. Just know that if that is a situation, if that's an issue, if there's the start of it, if you're right in it, whatever it happens to be, inflammation, you've got the power in what's on your fork and what you're putting in your mouth to make a difference. Is that going to get rid of everything and make everything work properly? Don't know, because if you don't try it, you're not going to know. I don't know about you, but I identify with some of those things on that list that I've just said. Is it going to stop me from having my afternoon shortbread when the craving hits and I'm making a nice cup of tea? Well, it just might. It all depends on what's going to go, what's going on. The it'll never happen to me thinking is not so helpful because all of the above could happen to you with the exception of the last one if you're a female. So is the trade-off actually worth it? To quickly sum up what you can do, even if it's just one change at a time, as Julie and I talked about, start that food diary. And anybody who has ever done this knows that it's a pretty vulnerable thing to start doing to write down all the things that you do eat that you kind of also know you shouldn't necessarily be eating. So cut out those highly inflammatory foods like sugar, maybe the grains, the gluten, just take them out of your diet and see what happens. You can eat more lean protein like poultry rather than the red meat. If you're going to have the red meat, just make sure that it's not once, twice, three times a week. You can switch it up and half your plate. It's got to be piled high with all of those colorful vegetables, including the greens, including beets, especially for erectile dysfunction. The beets are huge. So that color that's in there, all the nutrients that you get from there, highly anti-inflammatory. You can eat all those healthy fats from nut seeds, the nut butters like almond butter, and also, of course, eat as much fish, uh, sustainably caught if possible, because otherwise you end up in that mercury situation that Julie talked about. Include those colorful fruits and and berries. So good. Even maybe some goji berries if you want to go the extra mile. And just know that all of those are also found in my Take This by Leanne Kid Boost and Skid Boost. Skid and the last skin. thing, the last thing I need, Leanne, is skid boost. Okay, you can talk to my wife about that, but that's that's the last thing I need. Okay. No, we're not even going to go there. So, skin boost, superfood powder. That's the one that I'm trying to get out of my mouth here. I'm wearing a bright orange football and my jersey, face and is face, the same color, exactly the same color. That's hilarious. I I often get hot and bothered in my closet, but that one was definitely a full on face inflammation flush right there. Whoops. No skin boost going on in my supplement line. Let me tell you. Although that would solve a lot of world's pro- the world's problems. It would probably save a few marriages, to be honest. So you may want to it's look possible. into it. It's <laughs> possible. It's possible. It's possible. You're exactly right. Thank you for that. All right. I also want you to work on your gut by drinking some meat broth. That recipe is in my book, Sprout Right Family Food. And also take a probiotic. It starts in your gut. It always does. You've heard me say this a million times on all these episodes. And you can uh, pick up my bio boost, which is also from my Take This 
by Leanne Line. That's on SproutWrite.com. Now, there's also the exercise portion to this, which Julie talked about too. You got to get enough sleep. You got to move. You got to de-stress yourself. Maybe try some meditation or just put on some music. That can be such a great distraction to whatever happens to be maybe going on in your mind or just in your life. Lower your body's burden of toxic chemicals and you'll turn down the flame of this inflammation by a notch or two. Now this sounds like a whole lot and you could be feeling a little overwhelmed right now thinking, oh, really? Have I got to do all this stuff? But really, this the premise of this podcast is to show you and empower you to be in charge, to, to know that you can make the change. You've got this. You've got to take your health into your own hands and decide what, as I say at the end of every episode, eat this one mouthful at a time. What does that mean for you? What is that one or two things that you could do a little different today or any other day? Now share this with anyone that you happen to know who might need to hear it. Rate it on whatever platform you're listening to this on and reach out to me and also Chris because I passed stuff on to him at SproutWrite or Leanne Phillipson on social media channels. And let's keep this conversation going. Oh, and remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. I wasn't shutting everything off until you said it. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) 